to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. everybody. We are glad you are here today. Welcome to episode 10 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing pretty good. What have you been up to? Well, we are recording this on Christmas Eve. (laughs) So we're ahead of time. This comes out the first week of February. But I have been up to you know, trying to celebrate this this weird, weird holiday Christmas. You know, I've got a... um, odd mixture of guilt and relief. Why is that? Because of this holiday. Well, you know, I was just thinking, always on Christmas Eve, we have a tradition. My mother comes. She brings brings my uncle. She lives in Virginia. She brings my uncle. He lives in a group home. He has fragile X syndrome, which is, um, it's it's genetic. And it's, it's not like Down syndrome, but it's a similar type of, of you know, he, he can't ever live by himself. His, um, you know, he needs special care. But they always come to my house. We spend a few days, you know, visiting, and it's a little stressful. You know, my mother's very stressed, and, you know, dealing with him is not easy. And I cook a big Christmas Eve dinner, and, and that's always stressful. And this year, we're not doing it. She can't come. So I'm really sad that I'm not getting to see my mother for the cr- first Christmas ever. But there's that also sense of relief that we just could have a quiet evening. Is yeah. that, isn't that terrible? <laughs> No, no, it's not. I get that. And you know, um, yesterday our holiday joy episode came out and I listened to it because I'm a geek. And I'm always afraid that people will talk about it in the group and then I'll forget what we talked about or said. Right. So I have to do a refresher. And I was listening to it and I got all excited about Christmas and stuff again. But well, I have to tell our listeners, Jen sent me the cutest little tiny Christmas tree because I didn't have one. Yay. And I have done nothing for Christmas. But you have your little tiny Christmas tree. But I have my little Christmas tree I'm looking at, and I work Christmas Day, so. Okay, so you're going to be busy. I'm going to be busy, but that's my one little piece of Christmas, and I have eaten my weight in Christmas cookies, I will say that. (laughs) I'm going to be baking my sausage balls today for Christmas morning, and also I'm trying something new. I made some pecan pies last week, but I'm going to be baking these pecan bars yeah, you showed that recipe to me. It looked delicious. I'm excited about that. I've also been prepping. We have some special guests coming to visit next week at the Stevens house. So Cal and Kate were here for pre-Christmas. You know, they traveled from San Francisco. We didn't think they were going to be able to come, but they traveled safely, masked up, made it over here from San Francisco, spent four nights here at home. And I hadn't seen him in, in a while, so it was great to have him here. But I'm flipping the bedroom because Sherry and her husband, Eric, are coming to stay. So I have a little sheet changing tip. For everybody, I mean, I don't know. How do you change your sheets when it's time to wash your sheets? Do you take off the dirty sheets, put on clean sheets, and then wash the dirty sheets? No, I usually don't. I just wash them and put them back on. Me too. So that's a, that's a little life hack from me to yeah. everybody. Maybe everybody already does that, but you know, maybe not. But I just I start in the morning of the day that I'm going to change the sheets. I put everything in the wash, and so I don't have to fold sheets. I just put them back on the bed. Yep. I do the same thing. I do have a backup set of sheets just in case I don't get it all done. Or if someone throws up or something bad happens. (laughs) (laughs) But sheet emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Or your husband brings a Mountain Dew to bed while he's sleep eating and spills it in the bed. (laughs) You you do need backup sheets, but. Yes. Yes. But yeah. Weird sheets. You don't have to put them on. Well, (laughs) you know, I'm not good at folding and put away laundry. I'm so so bad at folding sheets. It's way better just to wash them and put them right back on the bed. Exactly. So that's what I did. So I I switched out the sheets so the bed is all fresh and ready for you and Eric. 
I'm so excited to come because I haven't done anything except for work since yeah. we were at the beach the first week of October. Wow. So I'm looking forward to that little break-in routine. Well, you know, Sherry, Sherry knows this. I'll share it with everybody. One thing I'm really, really excited about, I was like, hey, Sherry, what do you think about helping me put together my sunlight and sauna while y'all are here? Because... I haven't shared this. You know, last week we talked about sunlight in the episode, but I didn't talk about how great mine is because I haven't been able to use it yet because it's still in the boxes. Because the day that it was delivered, Chad said, I think we need to paint the garage and the garage floor (laughs) before we put this (laughs) together. And so bless his heart, but he is the worst at picking paint colors and making decisions. So it's still sitting there in the box and he's not made a decision about the paint color or the floor. And I've made lots of suggestions. So now I said, what if we put it together while Sherry and Eric are here? And he's like, we can do that. I'm like, awesome. So now he can't. <laughs> so now he has a week to either decide he's going to paint and get it done. Or we just took that decision off his plate. We did. We took it off his plate. And, um, you know, it's hard. He, he has perfectionistic tendencies. So it's really hard to make a decision when you're a perfectionist because whatever decision you make, you're afraid it was the wrong one. Yes. So I'm just, I'm the opposite. Whenever I make a decision, I'm like, that was the right one. I made it. Now we're moving on. Yeah. Even if it ended up being the bad one, I don't cry over spilt milk. It's over. But he's the 180 degree opposite (laughs) from me. So I suspect he suffers from some decision fatigue. Well, decision paralysis. Well, that's (laughs) too. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm so grateful that y'all are coming and the fun activity we have planned will be putting together the sauna so we'll we can talk about it and i get to teach you skip bow oh i'm so excited yay Woo! oh and eric has already declared that we will not be playing beach rules if we play phase 10 <laughs> have y'all ever played block us no oh we can teach you block us we pulled that out while cal and kate were here we played block us but um i can't tell them this but i can never play with them again because they team up he he can't do like you're supposed to try to block people, but uh-huh. they refuse to block each other oh, and no. only block everyone else. <laughs> so like he will never do a move that will be bad to her and she will never do a move that's bad to him. So it's like you're playing against turbo. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I, I just can't do it because you cannot win. Well, they've only been married just over a year. Give them yeah. like five or six more years. We'll, we'll see. They'll be blocking each other. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right now, though, they only block everybody else. But I'm going to teach y'all block us. It's such a fun game. And Chad and I do not hesitate to block each other, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, today's good news segment is brought to you from Meg. And she lives in South Bend, Indiana. So she sent an email to us sharing... My husband and I own a small breakfast lunch place. On Saturday mornings, we usually get a table of six to eight police officers and at another table, another large group of firefighters. On one particular Saturday morning, one of the firefighters picked up the check for the entire table of police officers. One of the police officers then picked up a check for another random table. That table picked up another table's check. This went on for several hours until the chain was finally broken. But this pay it forward chain absolutely made our day. I love that. That's such a simple thing. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been in a restaurant and a stranger picked up your check? Never. That happened to me and Will one time. We were at Olive Garden. This was years ago. He was probably 10 and he's now 21. But somebody that somebody picked up our check. I wish we had paid it forward. I didn't. I didn't pick up someone else's check. I'd, it was a long time ago. I was in the Starbucks line one day, and when I got up to the window, they told me the car in front of me bought my coffee. So I bought the coffee for the car behind me. Yeah. I've now done that. Like, in, I think it, maybe it was a Chick-fil-A line or somewhere that, that happened to me. But it was really nice. Someone picked up our entire dinner. Yeah. Probably the nicest thing that happened to me was when I got to the register one time without my checkbook back in the days before debit cards. Right. And it just wasn't in my purse. And I went into a panic. And I think I had, like, diapers and formula on the line to to pay for like nothing it was like two small items but you know i had here a very small child i'm trying to get diapers and formula and i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to go home and buy my checkbook and the guy in line behind me said i got it don't worry about it so yeah these little little things that they we remember them forever oh yeah 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 so pay it forward everybody i'm gonna try to do that intentionally 
Next time I'm out in public, I'm going to do something for somebody. Awesome. Yeah. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to someone special in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And this week, I'm going to talk about one of my favorites, Beauty Counter. It's one of my favorite life hacks because I don't even need to think about it. You know, I want to use products that are safe for my body, but I don't have time to read every label or research every strange sounding chemical. You know, actually, Sherry, I've been doing some research lately about that. And a lot of things that sound dangerous are not. Right. Like it'll have a really long name. You're like, oh my God, that's awful. And it's not. Or something sounds innocent, but it is terrible. Yeah. And you know, I actually was looking at ingredients in one beauty counter product and it had this like crazy name. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound healthy. But then when I looked it up, it was like something derived from a fruit or something. Right. So you can't go by the words. And and so the good thing about beauty counter is that they have done the research for us. I've gone with Beauty Counter for all of my makeup and skincare needs now. And the best part about it is not only do I know they're safe, but they work. (laughs) The quality is fantastic because you don't want to pick things that are, you know, healthy and safe and then don't work at all. So Beauty Counter was founded on a mission to make skincare and makeup products that are safe for your skin. And it's one less thing to worry about. One of my favorite new products is the Countertime Tetra Peptide Supreme Cream. Can you see my neck, Sherry? Uh-huh. I think it I looks can. pretty cool. It does um, now that, yeah, now that I'm in my 50s, my neck is looking 50-ish. <laughs> so I got this cream recently, and I've been rubbing it on my neck morning and night, and I can really tell a difference. So if you want to try the Supreme Cream from the Counter Timeline or any of their fabulous and safe products, you can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Jen Stevens. You can also find the link on the Favorite Things tab at jenstevens.com. And if you shop with me, something special will happen after you place your first order. And now it's time for our Life Lesson of the Week. This week, we are going to talk about Seasonal Affective Disorder sometimes referred to as the winter blues, and it's also abbreviated as SAD, S-A-D. And can I jump right in here? This is this is a big one for me because um, someone that I am very close to and live with <laughs> has this and won't admit it. Yeah. It's so very obvious to me. And, you know, especially as we were prepping for this episode and I was reading over everything, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like textbook. Yeah. And it's, very difficult. If you or someone you love suffers from it, you probably know it once you once or you will today after hearing about it. It's so very clear. When I have suffered for years with this and I just didn't know what it was or why or you know, I'm a pretty upbeat, outgoing person. I love to be on the go and I love to be out seeing all the people and doing all the things. But I noticed that every like October I would go into hibernation mode and I suddenly didn't want to leave my house and I didn't want to go out and I didn't want to see people. And I just dreaded the winter time. But once I found out about this and was able to do things to mitigate it, then I've been able to get through the winters much less painfully. That's good. Or painlessly, (laughs) whatever that word is. So what is seasonal affective disorder and what causes it? So that's kind of what we're going to go into today, as well as some tips and tricks to help it and help you get through the winters or summers even easier. So it is a type of depression uh, that for most people hits during fall or early winter, and then it tends to lift in spring and go away completely by summertime. There is another less common type of seasonal affective disorder, and it's called summer pattern seasonal affective disorder or summer depression. Now, this is a real class of clinical depression. Um, It just recurs with the change of seasons, and it typically lasts for about four to five months of the year. 
So many of the symptoms are those that are also seen and prevalent with major depressive episodes, but some are very specific to winter sad. So symptoms of depression include feeling depressed most of the day, nearly every day, losing interest in activities you once enjoyed, experiencing changes in appetite or weight, having problems with sleep, feeling sluggish or agitated, having low energy, feeling hopeless or worthless, having difficulty concentrating, or having frequent thoughts of death or suicide. So that's, you know, you might see that just in, in any any depression, but for winter pattern seasonal affective disorder, you may also have some additional symptoms. Um, you know, oversleeping, that, that's one I, I see happen here in my household. And that is um, finding it hard to get through the day because you feel sluggish and, you know, daily tasks are more difficult. It's really a real thing you know, that's happening. It's not just, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a chemical thing. So you don't no. feel, don't feel guilty if this. It's not, it's not in your head. Right. It's not imaginary. I guess that's right. what I was trying to say. Yeah. You know, if you find, if you start hearing these things, you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. And I didn't know it. Or, oh my gosh, that's my wife, or that's my husband, or that's my son. You know, it's not in your head. Your your spouse is not lazy, uh-huh. you know, because they are feeling sluggish and staying in the bed. They're not mad at you. That's, that's the part, I'm going to kind of whisper this, that's the part that's hardest for me. Yeah. Because it can make you feel like the person is like mad at you and it's your fault. Or they're isolating from you. Right. But it's it's not. They may be oversleeping, and that's very normal. You may even find, you know, overeating, especially, you know, craving for carbohydrates, sugar, starch. You know, that. think about that. When you feel low, it's because your brain chemicals are out of whack. And the foods, you know, the carbs, the sugar, the starch, those foods cause us to have a surge of glucose straight to our brain, gives us that instant feeling of temporary happiness when we're feeling cold, sad, tired, or bored. So these foods cause our bodies to produce serotonin and dopamine, and our bodies are searching for those. Our brains are are craving those chemicals. And so that's one reason why we may see people gaining weight during the winter months, or if you're feeling seasonally depressed, you start reaching for those comfort foods. You may feel sad or, or guilty or just down on yourself. And again, it's not there's not anything rational making you feel this way as far as like something you've done wrong. It's not, you're not bad. It's chemical. Social withdrawal. You feel like hibernating by avoiding people or activities you normally enjoy. You want to stay in, like Sherry said. You may be irritable, tense, or extra stressed. That's another one that's really hard for those of us who may not suffer from seasonal affective disorder, but have loved ones who do. You feel like you're walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they're extra irritable, you you feel like, like, what did I do to you? Right. And yeah, it makes you feel uneasy. And then, I mean, that in itself can affect your mood and the way you react to that person. See, I tend to absorb all those feelings. Mm-hmm. And so if the person around me is irritable, tense, or extra stressed, I'm like feeling that from them. And also the, the whole the whole thing that's hardest for, for someone like me is not taking it on like I caused it. Uh-huh. And I like I can fix it. Right. Like, I could fix this if I just, you know, do something. Right. But it's not like that at all. Yeah. So um, you may find someone turning to drugs or alcohol for comfort. They may have loss in, uh, you know, feel a loss of interest for intimacy or other physical contact, which also makes it hard. You feel disconnected. Very much. But ev- every winter... You know, I could think back 30 years, every winter we go through this and then spring, things get better. And in the summer, much better. Uh huh. And then it happens again. Yep. That's very indicative of something like seasonal affective disorder happening. So I will briefly go over summer pattern SAD, but the majority of this podcast will be specific to winter SAD. So specific symptoms for summer pattern SAD may include trouble sleeping, insomnia, Poor appetite leading to weight loss, feeling restless or agitated, um, having increased anxiety, or even episodes of belligerence or violent behavior. Summer sad begins in late spring or early summer and ends in fall. Instead of being attributed to shorter days and reduced sunlight, experts believe that summer sad is caused by the longer days and increased heat and humidity and even an upswing in seasonal allergies. 
rather than the affected individual wanting to sleep more, the result is that the individual sleeps less. Um, they suggest that these people take melatonin to help make up the deficit. So they are having less time in the dark because of the longer days and they're spending more time in the sun, which is turning off melatonin production. So melatonin can help make up the deficit in their bodies. They also suggest that they go to bed as soon as it gets dark and rise early in the morning in order to help set any circadian rhythms. And then interesting enough, there's also a type of bipolar disorder that is affected by the changes in the seasons. So spring and summer may trigger episodes of mania or hypomania, while fall and winter can bring on depression. While sad uh, bipolar disorder can look a lot alike symptom-wise, the treatment is very different. And therefore, you know, if you're struggling and you notice that this is happening year after year, you really should be evaluated and treated by a professional. Yeah, they can make a distinction, help you figure out what it is for you. Right. Absolutely. So who does seasonal affective disorder affect? Well, experts say that um, it affects women more than men, um, that it runs in families, and it's also common in people who have family members with other mental health conditions. Um, it's also common if you have, you know, depression in general, bipolar disorder, ADHD, eating disorders, or panic and anxiety disorders. Um, one thing that's important to know is that it gets worse in general the farther north you go from the equator. So people who live at 30 degrees north or higher, where there are shorter um, daylight hours in the winter, are at much more risk of this. Um, Alaska, people in England, for example, may be more likely to develop seasonal affective disorder than people who live in, say, Florida or Egypt or closer to the equator. Um, for most people, um, seasonal affective disorder begins in young adulthood. So, you know, all the things, this is very interesting, Sherry. You know, we we can definitely associate it with, you know, your latitude. I had to think for a minute, longitude or latitude. <laughs> latitude is up and down. Do you know how I remember it? Longitude versus latitude. This is well, a school teacher. I trick. think longitude is long. So that's when your lines go down your globe. Okay. Wise. That's how I've always remembered. Well, this is how I taught my third graders back in the day. Latitude, like a ladder. Latitude is latitude, like the rungs on a ladder. Yep. So I always have to think. So I just paused for a second, had to think. When I said latitude, I had to think ladder too. <laughs> and then the long parts of the ladder are your longitude. Okay. Anyway. About a ladder. So anyway, we know that the latitude makes a difference, but um, researchers have not yet identified exactly what the cause is. But based on what we know, you know, they suspect it has to do with decrease in daylight hours. Um, also, you know, less vitamin D. You know, in, in those seasons when we're we're not getting the sunlight, um, it disrupts our circadian rhythms. We also have a decrease in serotonin. So we know that sunlight helps modulate serotonin levels and that we don't get enough sunshine in the winter. There's that vitamin D connection again. There's also a theory that people who suffer from seasonal affective disorder may produce too much melatonin. And sunlight tells us to stop producing melatonin. And since our exposure to sunlight is reduced, oftentimes the body doesn't get the signal to turn off the melatonin production during the day. And that can cause sleepiness. Yeah, that was new to me. I had, did not know that at all. Mm -hmm. So this, you know, can cause a disruption when your melatonin and your serotonin are out of a whack. It can disrupt your normal levels. And then your body can't adapt to these seasonal changes. And it can negatively impact your sleep moods and behaviors. For me, I think, Sherry, like you said, wanting to stay home has so much to do with the fact that it's dark. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like to go out after dark, and it's dark so early. For me, it's not the dark. It, dark is, is one of the things for me. I don't tolerate cold at all. So I mm -hmm. don't. I look out today, it's a miserable, gray, cold, rainy day yep. here. And you would not be able to pay me to leave my house today. I don't want to go into <laughs> the cold. I don't want to go into the gray. I don't want to see the rain. It's Chad's like, like that too. I'm I try. Like, I, I like for people day. to leave the house when I'm recording the podcast, and especially if I might be talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, "Why don't you go run some errands? I'm going to be recording the podcast." He's like, "Nope, too gray, too rainy." I'm like, all right. So I just left him sitting by the fire with our cat. Oh, <laughs> you've, TV. you've got Eeyore in the TV room. I do. Bless him. Yeah. Love him. 
Well, <laughs> I'm poo. I'm Tigger. <laughs> I think I'm Tigger. I'm Tigger. I don't know why I said I was poo, um, but I'm, I'm definitely Tigger. I definitely become Eeyore from about December yeah. to February. I'm very like, eh, is it ever going to end? <laughs> yeah. And then spring comes and everything is good. Yeah. Life's wonderful. So it is known that uh, vitamin D helps stimulate serotonin production in the body. And without exposure to sunlight, people are not able to make their own natural vitamin D, which further depletes the serotonin levels. Uh, studies have shown that people who suffer from seasonal affective disorder, they often have low levels of vitamin D clinically when their blood is tested. And so I actually just um, made the suggestion the other day. I'm like, you know what? We're researching seasonal affective disorder. And why don't you start taking a little more vitamin D and see if that helps? And he said, okay. <laughs> He's like, first of all, he said, I don't have that. <laughs> but he did agree to start taking vitamin D. So thumbs up. Can't hurt. No, it can't. It's good for you. So the experts also say it's really common for people who suffer from winter seasonal affective disorder to just have really negative feelings about winter and winter activities. And I mean, I can vouch for that. But they say it's really hard to determine is it the seasonal affective disorder and, and the way that they are feeling during these times, is that contributing to the negative feelings? Or does seasonal affective disorder come on because of how they, like, do they feel bad because of the weather or do they hate the weather because- Because they feel bad. They feel, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a big quandary there of like, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. In order to be clinically diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, you need to have experienced these cyclical symptoms for two or more consecutive years. So before we talk about ways to mitigate the effects of seasonal affective disorder, it's important just to remind everybody that anytime you are suffering from the effects and feelings of depression, that you really should speak to a healthcare professional. Because in many cases, medications are indicated or required. Also, if you are ever having feelings of hurting yourself or others, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, here in the United States, that number is 1-800-273-TALK. Or you can text the crisis text line. You text HELLO to 741-741. Uh, you can also always call local 911 or emergency dispatchers in your area if you are ever, ever feeling like you are going to hurt yourself or somebody else. That's really good advice. So thank you for for sharing that because, you know, in February when this comes out, that's going to be right. We will have been in winter for, you know, what feels like forever. Mm -hmm. And right around February is when for me, you know, I don't like being cold. You don't like being cold. We like the spring. So even though I definitely am not depressed, I'm really ready for spring. But if someone is suffering with seasonal affective disorder, these are kind of like the really down days. Mm. It's, it seems like it's gone on for a while and now mm -hmm. you're kind of getting towards that bottom. Right. The bottom feeling. Exactly. And I think that also, depending on your latitude, you know, like for us, it's spring in March. But for some places, you know, it's it's not spring still for months. Right. I mean, I, well, I mean, it might be spring on the calendar. Obviously, there's a spring date, but the weather may not be uh -huh. warm. Right. You know, for a while. When you're considering treatments for seasonal affective disorder, you know, obviously you may benefit from treatments that work for just garden variety depression. Is that the right way to put it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, antidepressant medications can help with it. Psychotherapy can help with that. Exercise can help with that. But specifically for seasonal affective disorder, you know, we've got light therapy and also vitamin D. So let's talk about light therapy first. Um, since the 1980s, they've been using light therapy as a treatment for seasonal affective disorder. And so every day you are exposed to a bright light to make up for the diminished natural sunshine in the darker months. You know, my grandmother actually had like something for this. Did she? Yes. I can remember she had a really bright light. It was like a sun lamp installed oh, uh -huh. in her bathroom. And I, you're looking back, thinking about my grandmother, she she probably suffered from this because she would, you know, she would be kind of down more so in the winter. But she had this light in her bathroom and she would turn it on and she called it sunbathing. Interesting. And it was really, really bright, but it was like a sunlight that she had in her ceiling. So that just made me flash back to that. But for this treatment with the light therapy, you need a very bright light, a light box. It's probably going to be better than this light my grandmother had. <laughs> 
that in her ceiling. Probably safer. Um, probably so. Um, every day for about 30 to 45 minutes, usually first thing in the morning. And you want to start doing that in the fall before you start feeling super down, start doing it. And these are about 20 times brighter than ordinary indoor light. Um, they filter out the potentially damaging UV light, making this safe. However, you know, if you've got certain eye diseases or medications that cause an increase in sensitivity to sunlight, you may want to try something different. It might not be right for you. So make sure light therapy is right and you're using it under medical supervision. So in one of the studies about light therapy, it showed that benefits were seen at 20 minutes per day of light therapy, whereas maximum benefits came in at about 40 minutes. So according to the Mayo Clinic, light therapy, and they really say you want your box to be a 10,000 lux unit. It's used as a treatment for several conditions, including seasonal affective disorder, but it also helps other types of depression that don't occur seasonally. Light therapy can also help jet lag, uh, sleep disorders, adjusting to a nighttime work schedule, and dementia. Wow. Um, There has been a lot of work done on dementia and light therapy. Um, They do suggest that light therapy may be contraindicated in people with bipolar disorder as it can trigger mania. And so anybody who has bipolar disorder who also feels like they might be suffering from some seasonal affective disorder is encouraged to discuss the use of a light box with their clinician prior to using it. So three elements um, that are key to effectiveness of light therapy is basically the proper combination of light intensity, the duration, and the timing. So like Jen said before, it is um, effective in up to 85% of sad cases. The intensity of the light box, um, like I said earlier, needs to be about 10,000 lux. You should sit a distance of about 16 to 24 inches from it, and you want the light shining on your face. The duration of the light box, again, you want to go minimum of 20 minutes. You can go up to 45 minutes. Uh, If you use a lower intensity light box, um, you may need to do longer sessions. Uh, They said really just check with the manufacturer and also ask your doctor for specific instructions for your case. Um, Sometimes they want you to start with shorter sessions and see how you feel and how your body reacts to that and then gradually increase the time. For timing of the day, light therapy is most effective when it's done early in the morning after you first wake up. And again, it's also used at different times based off of what you're using it for. I can tell you, I do some light therapy in the middle of the night when I'm working night shifts if I need a a boost in energy without caffeine. Another option um, instead of a light box is a dawn simulator. And that is a device that gradually increases the amount of light in your bedroom in the morning to simulate the rising sun and wake you up. Some of these take about 45 minutes and they just gradually get brighter and brighter and brighter. So it mimics a sunrise in your bedroom. And this has been shown to improve moods and energy levels upon awakening and throughout the day. One device that I'm aware of is the Hatch Restore device, and Jen actually has I have it. Yep. And so I dropped a link on our website at lifelessonscommunity.com under the Other Products We Love tab, so you can find that easily. I really love that because it's um, it lets me not have any light on when I'm sleeping because you can turn the, the light off of the alarm clock. So I have no clock, no clock, and the clock light comes on at 530 in the morning. So if, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I... It's completely dark. I know it's not time to get up yet, but then you can have the sunrise and it comes very, you know, very gently. It starts with the light and it just gradually rises. Can you adjust the length of time that you have it uh, rise? The sunrise? Maybe. I know you might be able to. I I don't remember. I know you can adjust the different color values of it. Uh Uh-huh. There are different colors you can choose from, like a more pink sunrise or a whiter sunrise. There's different options. I gotcha. Okay. Yep. So in addition to light therapy, um, one one idea is just to go outside and into the natural sunlight as much as you can. You know, that's free. Go outside and enjoy. Even if it's cold, get out there and do something in the sun. You know, sunglasses. Don't wear your sunglasses if you if you if it's wintertime and you're suffering from seasonal affective disorder. So avoid wearing the sunglasses because, you know, apparently getting the light in through your eyes. Yes, it's important. There is something in your eye. I didn't look it up for this um, 
episode specifically, but I've read it before back when I was researching the sleep. Is there something in your eye? There's like a melatonin receptor. There's something Mm -hmm. in your eye that receives the sunlight that produces the melatonin. So if you wear sunglasses, then you're not getting that benefit. I think so many of the problems that we're having just in general, you know, we're in an artificial environment all the time. Mm -hmm. We wake up, we look at screens, we have you know, lights in our homes. We, you know, if we go outside, we're wearing sunglasses. We're watching our devices at night with the blue light. And so that confuses our our brains because the blue light stimulates us in a way like it's the middle of the day. So right. many problems. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk about this for another whole episode. Oh, yeah, because I just, the light we're exposed to, whether it's white light or bright light or blue light or, I mean, all of that. And I don't think people realize that all that affects hormone production in your body. And I mean, your body is run on hormones. Right. So. But the melatonin, the serotonin, we're not sure, you know, if it's time to wake up, is it time to go to bed? And our our brains are are out of whack. Right. Yep. So another great thing you can do is to try to sit out in the sun. And I know that, you know, we've been told for, for, you know, a couple decades now, avoid the sun, don't go in the sun, but we need to have some sun. You know, that helps our bodies produce vitamin D. You don't want to go out in the sun and get sunburned. That's very unlikely in the winter, I guess, around here anyway, but 10 to 20 minutes per day, let the sun shine on your face, get it on your chest if you can, enhance that natural vitamin D production. Do you have anything to add about that? I do not. No, just, you know, so many people are are now afraid to get any sun. Mm -hmm. And I think that that. Well, and, you know, they are saying vitamin D levels are going down in Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, a lot of that could be attributed to many things in our environment. But just the fact that sunscreen is in everything, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're worried about skin damage. So we put sunscreen in our makeup and our lotion in our, you know, body lotion. We avoid the sun. And you think years and years and years ago, people lived outdoors mm-hmm. and I mean, they didn't have problems with diminished vitamin D. Well, and also, you know, I I watch my cats that, you know, they live in my house. I love them. But we have in our great room, we have, a, you know, the patches of sunlight that come in through the big windows and they, they might be on the couch or they might be on the floor. But wherever those patches of sunlight are, they chase you, can, them. you can find a cat laying in it. Yeah. So, you know, if the animals, <laughs> animals don't know, you know, about <laughs> right. the latest advice they've been given, but they seek out actively the sun, especially in the winter. They seek out, it's not just because it's warm, but they, it feels good. And so they seek it out. You know, when I first go out in the spring, I seek it out. Now mm-hmm. in the winter, I mean, not in the winter, in the summer when it's super hot, I'm sitting in the shade, so is my cat, but you were hot, but <laughs> Look to the animals. They're not avoiding the sun. They're seeking it out. My alter ego may be cat. You're a cat. Oh, like if there's sunshine, if there's afternoon sunshine in the window in the wintertime and there's a patch on the carpet, I'll just run over there and sit on the carpet and just let the sun shine on my face. But my, my favorite time to get the sun and when I feel like I just can't stay inside, as soon as the weather warms up and it's spring, I'm, you can find me out there. And, and my body is craving it. And, you know, don't get a sunburn. But if your body is craving that feeling of sun on your skin, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. I think our bodies communicate with us and tell us what's right. I think so, too. Oh, also, one other tip is that you can paint the walls in your house lighter colors. You know, leave the blinds open, use daylight simulation light bulbs in the rooms where you spend the most time. So you just want to brighten it up. Yes. That'll cheer your, cheer you up, cheer yourself up from, from the light. Yeah, my husband likes to keep the house like a cave. So he keeps all the blinds shut, the lights off. And I'll come in. I'm like, why Why is it so dark in here? Every morning I open the blinds yeah. in my bedroom. I walk around. Well, actually, we have, we have shades. But our, no, we use drapes. We, use, we have drapes and shades. But I'll open the, the drapes. Get some good sunshine in there. Yep. Yeah. So in addition to light therapy, there's also psychotherapy, also known as talk therapy. Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, I'm sure many of you have heard of that before. It's a type of talk therapy aimed at helping people learn how to cope with difficult situations. Um, CBT, which is short for cognitive behavioral therapy, um, has been adapted for people with seasonal affective disorder. And there's a treatment called CBT SAD. 
It's typically conducted in two weekly group sessions for six weeks, and it focuses on replacing negative thoughts related to the winter season, such as the darkness, the cold, the rain, the snow, with more positive thoughts. CBT Dash SAD also uses a process called behavioral activation, which helps individuals identify and schedule pleasant, engaging indoor or outdoor activities to combat the loss of interest they typically experience in the winter. When researchers directly compared CBT with light therapy, both treatments were equally effective in improving sad symptoms. Some symptoms seem to get better a little faster with light therapy than with CBT, However, a long-term study that followed SAD patients for two winters found that the positive effects of cognitive behavioral therapy seemed to last longer over time. Now, did they, did they do the, um, the light therapy and then stop doing the light therapy, or did they continually do the light therapy in that study? My understanding is that, so light therapy helps in the moment. Right. Right. But then you're not going to do light therapy during the summertime and you've got to start it. Whereas if you do the CBT, just that that stays with you and that those behavioral changes. Yes. 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 Right. So I could see how doing them together would be really beneficial. Yeah. And, you know, they really stress right now, you can join a support group or even participate in online therapy sessions without ever leaving your home. And there are a lot of available programs out there these days where you can seek help privately from the comfort of your home. There's a lot of apps. There's like, I mean, a lot of them. One that comes to mind is Headspace. um, And you can actually log on and have access to a therapist that you can text back and forth with and have weekly sessions with. So even if you feel like you don't have time for therapy or you don't want people to know you're in therapy, you can just log on to an app and nobody has to even know. There was one that sponsored the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast. BetterHelp was the name uh-huh. of the company. They have um, they can match you up with a therapist best based on what you need. You know, I can't recommend that highly enough. You know, any anything like that, right? You know, we we also talked about medications. So you know, work with your doctor and see if you can find um, a medication that will work for you. And the thing about medications, you really have to stick with them. They don't have, they don't, you know, like flip a switch automatically. It takes a while. And also, you may have to try a bunch of different options before you find the one that works for you. You know, you're, you may need a, um, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, SSRIs. Those are the most common that you'll find. But, you know, if the first one doesn't do it for you, try a different one. Yeah. And if, if your doctor is like, no, it has to be this one, find a different doctor who's willing to experiment with you. We've, yes. we've had that challenge here at the Stevens household, <laughs> you know, unwillingness to try different things. And um, it can really make a difference. Yeah. There are so many different, there's new ones and old ones. And and, and everyone has a different brain chemistry. So right. it's, yeah. it's going to be different for you. Yeah. And just because some people say, I don't want to take medicine the rest of my life. Just because you need to take some medicine now to help you through a difficult time now doesn't mean you have to take it forever. Because and even if you do, it, it helps you. Right. There's no stigma. No, no, there shouldn't be. I mean, if right. you were a diabetic, you wouldn't say, I'm not, I'm not taking my medicine. You yeah, have you, you to take, take insulin <laughs> and you take it so you don't die. Right. Exactly. Right. It's a similar thing. Very much yeah. so. So also to fight seasonal depression, you want to exercise regularly. They know that regular exercise is a powerful tool to fight seasonal affective disorder, especially if it can be done outdoors uh, because you get that sunshine out there. But don't let not being able to go outside, you know, stop you from implementing an exercise routine because we know that regular exercise boosts serotonin, endorphins, and other feel-good brain chemicals that we need. In fact, studies show that regular exercise can treat mild to moderate depression as effectively as medication. It also is going to help improve your sleep and boost your self-esteem, which is just going to make you feel better overall. They do know that the best exercises for um, seasonal affective disorder are rhythmic exercises. So they suggest activities such as walking, weight training, rowing, or dancing where you move your entire body. And you can aim for 30 to 60 minutes per day to start experiencing some relief. Yeah, that's great. Exercise is really one of the very best things for any type of 
depression, as you said. That's important. So you might be asking, can seasonal affective disorder be prevented? Well, it's predictable. You know, we know it's coming. The timing every year, we have those changes in the seasons, even though I'm still surprised every year, Sherry, when it starts to get dark sooner. Yes. I'm always like, what's happening? Oh, yeah, every year. It happens every year. <laughs> but if you if you know that, that you experience this or if someone you love experiences this, you know, be proactive for yourself or that loved one. Start the treatments before you start feeling the symptoms. You know, as the seasons are changing, you want to help prevent or reduce the depression. Now, very few studies have investigated this question, but it just makes sense to start early. So there was one study that showed that preventative treatment with one certain antidepressant, bupropion, how do you say this one, Sherry? Bupropion. Bupropion. I think I did it. I did it. Okay. Or you could just say Wellbutrin because that's Okay. Wellbutrin is is the brand name that I've heard of. So (laughs) Wellbutrin or Bupropion, see now I've mastered it, prevented seasonal affective disorder in the study participants. But the downside is, is it also had a higher risk of side effects. So talk to your healthcare provider to see if this is right for you. But you may want to initiate treatment early to see if you can prevent it from leading to the major depression that can follow if you don't do anything. So daily self-care is important when you are suffering from seasonal affective disorder and really any type of mental health disorder. Um, There are just steps you can take daily to help with your symptoms and to help better care for yourself. A lot of times when you're depressed, self-care goes. Right. It's the first thing to go. Yep. You're just trying to survive. So if you can kind of set up a schedule, set up a routine and have an idea of what you need to do every day to take care of yourself, you're just going to thrive better. So again, they keep just reinforcing this. Take walks outside whenever possible. I mean, even if you can just get outside in the sun and walk around the block. Again, sit in the sun for 10 to 20 minutes per day. Increase the amount of natural light in your home or office exercise regularly, eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables, and avoid processed foods and sugars. Reach out to family and friends and share your feelings. Stay engaged socially. You want to find relaxation techniques that work for you, such as yoga, journaling, or a hobby that brings you joy. And again, if you're really struggling, seek medical help. I just really can't stress that enough. I I work in emergency room. I think you guys know that by now. It is so sad to me when I have a, you know, 80 beds ER and 25 people are there struggling with mental health issues and they have let them go to the point where they are checking themselves into the hospital. So, you know, if you start feeling like you're struggling, reach out, get an appointment, get in to see somebody. And it doesn't mean that you're weak and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you that, you know, you could just power through it. Yeah, this is a real chemical issue in your brain and in your body. And so know that there's help for you and that it's not your fault. And those of you that are on the flip side of it, that it's someone in your life suffering with it, you know, I I can't, again, say it enough. It's not your fault. No. You know, if the person you love is suffering with this, they may lash out at you and make you feel like it's your fault. They may even think it's your fault, but it isn't, especially if it happens every year. They might, they might living with someone who's, who's depressed. It's hard. Yes. And they may, they may even think it's your fault, but it isn't. <laughs> Here's something I can share. I don't talk about this a lot because my husband's a very private person. Mine is too. He so. does suffer from major depression and severe anxiety. And he did not get help for a long, long time because he felt weak and he felt like it was something he should be able to just get over. Exactly. Yes. Until he had a full-fledged breakdown. And when that happened and he actually got some help and started to feel better, he could see that all the stories he had told himself over the years were wrong. Mm -hmm. The sick mind does not tell you healthy stories. Right. Right. Yeah. You are, you're telling yourself distorted stories and you start to believe them. But when you get in a place where you're feeling better and you're seeing things more clearly, then like suddenly you're like, aha, wow, I was so wrong. (laughs) Like, Like I was really trying to convince myself of this and I should never have been trying to convince myself of that. So, I mean, there's no, 
there's no reason to feel like, you know, you shouldn't seek help or, you know, that you're going to be judged for seeking help. I mean, really you're, that's just part of you living your best life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have some um, input from members of the Life Lessons community. We have Julie from Iowa who wrote into us to share her experience with seasonal affective disorder. And she's also a doctor. So she says, this is something I have struggled with in the past to some degree, but I also have treated many patients with this. For some people, medicine was very helpful. We would start this up the 1st of October and stop it in April. For others, medication isn't the right choice. I personally, as well as many of my patients, would find a lot of help with therapy lights. They don't have to be expensive, but you want the full spectrum of sunlight without the UV rays. Use daily, but only during daylight hours. I think that's really important, you know, because we might sit down and now it's dark and we're like, no, I'm going to do my light therapy, but now it's dark outside. That's the wrong time to do it. Yeah, now you're going <laughs> to mess up your sleep. Yeah. So make sure you do it during daylight hours. Again, we, we mentioned this before, but first thing in the morning is probably a really great time to do it. So it doesn't have to be a long time. Some people found help with just 20 minutes a day. Others need more time with their light. In addition to conventional uh, seasonal affective disorder light boxes, I do want to share about this really great product that's on the market. Um, it's called the Human Charger, and I love this product. Um, Jen's heard me talk about this for a couple of years now. So I bought one of these. I have to give a shout out to Wind Gypsy. She's been a longtime member of a lot of Jen's groups, and she's a member of the Life Lessons community. So the Human charger was like a game changer for me because I am not always going to, let me, okay, let me just preface this with until I drink coffee, I am so brain dead in the morning. <laughs> so I had a light box and I would sit there and drink my coffee. And then I'd be like, Oh, it's, you know, mid morning. I got to get up. I got to get going. I got things to do. And then I'm like, Oh shoot. I didn't turn my light therapy box on. So the human charger is totally different. Um, and I can use it when I work night shifts. It's portable. Um, if I need a good energy boost in the middle of the night without resorting to coffee, I'll just put my things in um, the, my little, they're little earbuds that have lights inside of them. Um, it's also helpful for like airline attendants or people who travel across the world. It helps with jet lag. So recent discoveries have shown that there are photosensitive receptors throughout the human brain, much like those that are located in the retina of the eye. And photosensitive receptors can be accessed by light flowing through the inner eel, ears and the ear structure using this human charger bright light therapy device. So they're like LED earbuds. They look just like any earbud you would put in to listen to music through, but they have this LED light in them. And when these photosensitive areas of the brain are stimulated by the light, it affects the neural circuits in the brain via neurotransmitters such as serotonin, dopamine, and noradrenaline. Um, so you experience increased energy levels, improved mood, increased mental alertness. Um, the biggest advantage for me is just it's so easy to use, even if I'm getting up early in the morning and I'm, I work night shifts, but sometimes I go and I work a day shift. Um, I drive over an hour, so I just put my little earbuds in while I'm driving down the road. I get my light therapy on the road. So it's great if you get up and you're an early morning commuter. Uh, it requires only 12 minutes um, and you can do other activities while you're doing it, such as, you know, your daily exercise, standing on your vibration plate or whatever else. So I've got one of those somewhere. I've got to find it. I actually bought it on your recommendation oh, two you years did? ago. Yeah. And I gave it, I think I gave it to Chad for Christmas and he used it a few times. I don't know where he's put it. You I'm going to like that out. suggest that. I'm yeah. going to. <laughs> yeah, to me it's a no-brainer. I can just throw it in yeah. my in my bag and pop it in and and do All it. Right. I forgot completely about that. I've got to ask him where he put it. See if we can dig it up. All right, so we have Mahogany from Alabama. She shared her personal experience with seasonal affective disorder. She said for a long time I didn't know that I had seasonal affective disorder. It wasn't until I became a nurse that I began to really look into my symptoms because I had begun to have problems being on time and with attendance. My manager asked me what was going on as I hadn't had any problems in the 10 months leading up to November. I realized then that every job I had prior, I had either quit or gotten fired from during the winter months. Most jobs I only had for the year, a few for two. 
Once I was diagnosed, I was able to recognize my symptoms and the severity. Now I get sun on my face for 20 minutes every day possible. I use coping mechanisms such as exercise and journaling, and I take antidepressants beginning in October and usually can come off in March. Some years are mild and I don't require any medicine, and conversely, some are bad and my medication increases accordingly. I go to counseling monthly throughout the year so that I have someone else gauging my SAD as well. I've been employed in the same hospital now for 14 years. I hope this helps. Yeah, Mahogany, that helped a lot because you were able to see your patterns when you looked back. Mm -hmm. That's great. And that being late to work and calling Mm -hmm. out to work, that is just a huge, huge symptom of depression, um, workplace issues and and tardiness and... and, um, absenteeism. And then I also wanted to just point out too, when she said that she goes to her counselor because she has somebody else to help gauge her, her moods. And I think that is so, so important because sometimes you can't identify, you're not self-aware enough to really notice when you're taking a downturn. And so it's really great if you can include somebody in on what's going on with you and, you know, let somebody know that you suffer and Ask them without fear of, you know, you getting upset to let you know if you if they notice a change in your behavior or your moods. And I think it's really important for a lot of people to choose someone who's not your spouse because you need kind of a third party Mm -hmm. who's not going to be emotionally involved. Yeah, I agree. Another listener, Abigail She wrote in and said she experiences seasonal affective disorder every year. And she says, my best tip for getting through it is to go outside, even for just a few minutes. Anytime there is sunshine, expose your face, throat, and the inside of your forearms. My endocrinologist told me this is where skin is the thinnest, so it's easiest to absorb the wavelengths that help us produce vitamin D to help relieve symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. That's a good one. I'd never heard that about the forearms, but now I'm going to... I'm going to go out there and get some sun on my forearms. Yeah, I hadn't heard forearms either. I knew chest, face. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Diana from Austin says, I have summer sad. My brother has winter sad. Totally different from the same family. We were both diagnosed by the National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. The best tip I can give anyone with summer sad is to live under a fan during late spring into October while learning how to live with the misunderstanding from others who get out all summer in the heat, enjoying summer barbecues, picnics, etc. The best tip I can give anyone with winter sad is to live somewhere in the South, preferably, where you can get plenty of sunlight every day. You can also purchase light to sit under daily. My brother with the winter sad was told his was so bad that he should live near the equator. I would love to live near the equator. Yeah. Oh, Michelle from Michigan. She says, I do struggle with seasonal affective disorder, especially living in Michigan. This year, ironically, my first year doing intermittent fasting, I have been way more in tune to my moods and cravings. I noticed that as soon as November hit, I was feeling tired, blah, and craving all the carbohydrates and sugary foods. It made my fasting struggle as well. I'm taking a vitamin supplement for right now called SAM-E. I just started a few days ago, but I already feel like it's helping a little. I don't have these bad cravings hunger right now. I'm praying it continue to help me all winter long. Yeah, that sounds like t- you know textbook, right? Uh-huh. You know, starting to feel bad as soon as November hit, craving the carbs, the sugary foods. Yeah, yeah textbook, yeah. She also asked, why do some people get relief from light box therapy and others don't. And that's just really the nature of any therapy or treatment. Not everybody is going to respond the same. And while some people may get relief from exercise and light therapy, others may actually need antidepressants or other treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy. And it really just goes down to the fact that we are all so very individually hardwired differently, I think. I mean, we see that in... Jen's fasting groups. What what works for one person may not work for you. Exactly. Everybody's going to have to kind of tweak and figure out what helps them and, and helps brings them relief from their seasonal affective disorder. You know, and as we talked about in the sleep episode, we all have different sleep chronotypes. So we also are different in so many other ways mm-hmm. as well. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if people who have seasonal affective disorder all may fall under one. That's interesting. Sleep chronotype. I don't know. Gosh, I'm going to have to talk to Dr. Michael Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> I wonder. That would be that would definitely be interesting to see. It does seem like one chronotype might be more prone. Maybe the bears. What are the bears? Those bears are your like nine to five people who who need uh, who have a they have a high yes. sleep drive and they need more sleep. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the hibernators need to. I don't know. Anyway, if you want to know where Jen and I come up with topics for the episodes, this is it's like this. This is how. This is how. <laughs> we go. Huh. Yeah, it's like. Wonder why. What are we interested in? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, before we get to the lessoner led lesson of the week, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And this is one we've never shared before, and I'm super excited about. Yay, I'm excited too. It's Bellicon Rebounders. So I've been a fan of Bellicon Rebounders for over a decade. And I recently turned Jen on to rebounding as well. And I love when I can share things that I love with other people. Yep. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know what a rebounder is, just think indoor trampoline. Years and years ago, they called them mini tramps. And my mother had one when I was a kid. And I started rebounding when I was probably 12 years old. And I have done it ever since. I love it. Did you know this is my third rebounder? The Bellicon is my third is that I had two part of this that were junk. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up throwing them away. Yeah. Like I got, I always knew I loved to jump and bounce. Mm -hmm. I got one, loved it, ended up throwing it away because it wasn't very good. Got another one, same thing. The Bellicon, I use it all the time. The worst time, the worst one I ever got, I was really poor at the time. And I got one and I got it home and I was like, this is awful. And I looked at it and it didn't even have springs. Oh gosh, quality matters. Is the point quality I'm making. Matters. I threw away two low quality. I should have just gotten a Bellicon originally. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I know because I went through so many in my, you know, thirty some years of rebounding. Um, so Bellicon uses smooth bungees. It's like a very smooth bounce as opposed to yeah. like a jarring spring. So why do I rebound? Well. For me, it's exercise. It's like fun exercise. Um, it is a form of exercise that is actually recommended by NASA. And if it's good enough for astronauts, it's good enough for me. Um, they use it for whole body and mind conditioning. Um, I often joke to people and I refer to Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. And I say said that earlier today, in fact. Have you ever seen an unhappy Tigger? Bounce? Never. Bouncing is fun. It makes you happy. Like I, if you're in a bad mood and you go bounce, you're just like instantly in a good mood. I've never seen somebody mad while they're bouncing on a trampoline. That's true. So um, there's just really something soothing about rebounding on a Bellicon, both physically and emotionally. Um, maybe it's just that it's a change of pace. You know, we sit still all day. We roll out of bed. We get in a car. We sit at a desk. And bouncing is just a different movement that our body gets to go through. Somebody once speculated that it triggers unconscious memories of being in the womb or a cradle, which I found interesting. But whatever the reason, exercising on a rebounder just leaves the body and mind at peace. And on a biological level, the automatic contraction and relaxation, relaxation of the muscles improves blood flow. It boosts your body's oxygen levels, and it just rejuvenates your whole body. It relaxes tense muscles, lubricates your joints. It actually is really good for the discs in your back. And from a mental perspective, focusing on a physical activity soothes a busy mind. It's really great for anxiety. And if you're really worried about something, you just go kind of bounce it away. It also releases and floods your brain with feel-good endorphins. These uh, endorphins are released during all exercise, and they just help counteract the effects of stress, depression, anxiety. So what do I do all winter? I bounce away you my winter blues. Yep. So <laughs> physical fitness is a key to mental fitness. If you want to find out more, you can check out our website at lifelessonscommunity.com. Go to the shop with us tab, and uh, there's a link to go to Bellicon and check it out. I highly recommend it. If you're interested, definitely go through our link to purchase it because that helps support our podcast. Um, make sure you go to the lifelessonscommunity.com website, shop with us tab, go to Bellicon through our link. And we appreciate it. Yes, we do. All right. 
Now it's time for a segment called our listener-led lesson. It could be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today, our listener-led lesson comes from Sarah. She says, as we are working from home and it's cold, I remembered something that I learned while waiting at the National Lab in Los Alamos. It was on a poster and I was bored. Toasty toes, not warm nose. Get a foot warmer or heated floor pad instead of using a space heater to stay warm. It saves lots of energy and money. She said she's been doing that for the last two winters, and she doesn't get too hot from the heater and then experience the cold because the warm isn't hitting her anymore. You know, that's actually, I would definitely give that a thumbs up because, you know, I talked before about how I love to wear my Uggs. Mm-hmm. I keep my toes toasty. Yes. <laughs> and that keeps me warm. I'm wearing them today. Yeah. I think really, if you can keep your feet warm and your head warm, yeah, you stay, that's true. You stay really warm. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Julie. And it's actually perfect for today's episode. The quote is from John Steinbeck. It's, what good is the warmth of summer without the cold of winter to give it sweetness? Oh, that's good. Yeah. So maybe we suffer through winter so that we can fully... We enjoy the summer the most. Enjoy and embrace summer. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thought. Well, listeners, thank you for being here today. Uh, Make sure to join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends about it. Share it on your own Facebook wall. Um, Invite someone to listen. Um, That really helps. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and we'd love for you to leave a review through iTunes. That really helps others find us. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you, email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.